1: Today, we're going to discuss how brand building fits into your marketing strategy and operations. Joining us is Lindsay Peterson, who is a brand strategist and the owner of Ironclad Brand Strategy, which is a consultancy that uses a scientific, growth driving approach to brand strategy development to help leaders unlock business growth through brand positioning. Lindsay is also the best selling author of the Forging an Ironclad Brand book. And today, she and I are going to talk about where brand building should fit into your marketing priorities. Okay, here's my conversation with Lindsay Peterson, brand strategist at Ironclad Brand Strategy. Lindsay, welcome to the Martech podcast.
2: Thanks for having me, Ben.
1: It's a pleasure to have you on the show. And before we get started, I have to give a shout out to Ed Nevermont, who is a, a friend of the program, was a guest. He connected us. So Ed, hopefully you're listening to this episode when it published. Thanks for connecting Lindsay and I. And Lindsay, thank you for being my guest
2: on the show. It's such a pleasure. Thanks.
1: So you've been busy lately. You're running a brand strategy consulting business something that's near and dear to my heart. And you've also been the author of a book about brand strategy. Tell us a little bit about you, about your practice and about the book.
2: Thank you. So I have a itty bitty consulting business where I work with leaders, typically CEOs, CMOs to articulate their brand. And I started doing this I grew up, I suppose, in consumer packaged goods marketing. So I was at Clorox. And when you're a brand manager in a consumer packaged goods company like that, you have P&L responsibilities. So The brand strategy, and especially in an environment like consumer packaged goods, where your products are fairly parity with one another, your brand is the way you differentiate and it's the way that you keep yourself from becoming commoditized. So when I started doing consulting, and I was consulting with leaders who were outside of consumer goods I was surprised to learn that most people didn't think of brand in this holistic North Star way in which I was kind of groomed. So I really had this bee in my bonnet to kind of inform and to help people to see that brand is a tool that transcends just traditional marketing and it goes to all of your leadership decisions. So that's what I do as a business. And because I had such a bee in my bonnet, I wrote a book kind of to that, espousing the same idea that brand is a tool for guiding growth with clarity and intention.
1: So earlier in this year, I was fortunate enough to be able to record a series of content called CMO Week. And it was sponsored by the CMO coaches who put together a conference helping people understand what it means to be a CMO and help them navigate some of the waters. And the guests who were on the show were the CMOs of, at the time, Farmers Insurance, the former CMO of Taco Bell. There was the SVP of marketing at Wells Fargo and the CMO of eSurance. And Gary Briggs who's the former CMO of Facebook. And the thing that they had in common is early in their career, they all went through consumer packaged goods. And it seems like, A, the Clorox of the world, the P&G have these great rich marketing training programs. But I like how you're talking about why branding is so important to those businesses. Talk to me about for non-CPG companies that you're working with. How have you been able to take the lessons that you've learned from your consumer package experience and from your consulting work and help them understand how to figure out where brand fits into their marketing playbook?
2: This is kind of meta, but it's like know your audience. And that's kind of the primary rule of marketing. And with my audience being general managers, CEOs in particular, The pains that they experience are different from the pains that somebody who is more of a line marketing person might think about. So what the CEO is thinking is, I have scarce resources. How do I get the most out of the least? And how do I create a business that's going to not only survive this quarter, but thrive for a really long time? How do I keep from becoming commoditized? How do I create a competitive mode? And what I share with them, because this was my experience as a general manager at Clorox, is that brand is the way that you do all of those things. Brand is what you stand for as a business. It's the, it's the crux of the value that your business brings. And when you're really articulate about that, you set up yourself all of all of your decision making for more success, whether it's your marketing messaging, whether it's allocating resources against a marketing budget, whether it's determining your innovation pipeline, Whether it's crafting the culture that you're hoping to build in your company, the brand strategy is a North Star for all of that. And there's an economic purpose to this. It's not just this warm, fuzzy, beautiful thing that a business gets to have. Brand has this economic power to differentiate you. When you have a strong brand, a preferred brand by definition has higher pricing power. So you stay away from discussions about price. The more that your brand is resonant with your audience, the less they care about price. So they have higher willingness to pay. They also have more propensity to be loyal. So it increases your customer lifetime value because it reduces churn if you're bringing something that only you can bring and that solves a problem that they experience. It also allows you to push decision-making outward. So this would be the case, whether you're CMO, CEO, any leader, you're trying to scale yourself, right? You're trying to clone yourself to be out there making decisions against the same goal. So the brand as North Star enables you to do that so that you don't have to be in every discussion about what's going to touch the customer because all of you are using the same song sheet. So these are the things that become sort of the stirring idea for leaders. That's the holy grail. That's exactly what I'm trying to do as a leader is to create that thriving, enduring business that it's hard to do. And brand is a tool for that.
1: It's interesting. The way that you're describing brand is something that's much broader than just a marketing discipline, even though brand really gets put into the marketing bucket most of the time and and sort of paraphrase what you're saying is. Your brand is the ethos of the company, right? It's a reflection of the leadership and sort of the collective power of the company that needs to be described through your marketing efforts and through your product decisions and your customer service and everything. Some people prioritize their brands and some people don't. And mostly in competitive landscape, some people are just focused on price and product and some people are focused on messaging and sort of feeling. There is not always a right way to do it. Talk to me about what you advise in terms of making decisions about folding brand into your marketing operations. Like, time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X.co. How do you justify whether you want to be a brand-led organization or a product-led organization or a price-led organization?
2: So a few layers to that brand is the relationship between your business and your business's audience, and you're going to have a brand. Everybody will have a brand. It's only a question of whether it's creating value or is neutral or is eroding value for you. So what I contend is that, and this is probably the most important premise to me of brand is that it's position or be positioned. If you allow the market to create your brand position for you, it's unlikely that you'll wind up in a favorable place. So the first idea that I encourage everybody to really internalize is that you need to be deliberate about what you want to create. What's the nature of that relationship that you're building with your audience? What do you want it to feel like for your customer? What do you want the crux of your benefit to be for your customer? And when you decide that you're going to be deliberate about it, that's a huge first step. And that's actually a step that most companies don't take. Most companies actually are fairly passive about what they want to stand for.
1: So I've done a fair amount of brand consulting. And prior to being the host of the MarTech podcast, I run an independent consulting business. And I call it a brand development and marketing strategy consultancy. And a lot of times when companies are trying to pivot position or figure out what their brand stands for. They're companies that have focused on marketing operations and less on the foundation. When do you start working on brand? And if you already have a company, how do you start navigating your brand in the right direction?
2: I mean, it's really nice if you you start with a point of view on what you want your business to mean to your customer. That's ideal, is that you're starting with that North Star. You're not finding it when you're years in. The reality is that most companies don't do that at the very beginning.
1: They're busy running Facebook ads.
2: Yeah. And they're busy getting proof of concept and they're busy getting customers and they're busy getting revenue generating. And the cool thing about that is that when you have consumer insights about who is the person that you disproportionately serve, when you really understand that person and why they buy what you buy, what their motives are, and how they feel about that, that becomes raw material that you use when you are articulating your brand. So even if you do at the very beginning, define your brand, define your North Star. When you're doing that without data, it truly has to be a placeholder until you get to a point where you actually have consumer insights, where it's not merely a hypothesis. So once you do have that feedback from the market of what customers are buying you for, what are they buying you instead of, how have you changed their life or not changed their life, those insights become invaluable when you're defining that thing, because then you can double down on what's working with that relationship.
1: To me, brand is there's the understanding of who you are as a company, and there is the needs and desires of your customers and brand is the overlap between the two of those things. With the recognition that most companies don't sit down and say, what do I want my brand to be?" Hey, I'm going to start doing customer research. Most people focus on the product they launch, and then they start marketing to test and validate just whatever they decided to throw up on the website. How do you reconcile once the ship has left the dock where brand and customer research and company identity fit together? How do you prioritize brand within the context of your existing marketing operations?
2: It's never too late to define what is the unique value that you bring to your customer. And the sooner that you do that, the more efficient your marketing levers will be. So the more that you kind of spray and pray, you know, like put lots of different things out there, the less efficient your spend. So when you're really dialed into what is the crux of why somebody parts with their hard-earned money for our offering, the more bang for your buck you're going to get, the lower your cost of customer acquisition. So it's never too late to do that. And it's not either or, it's both and. You define what you want your brand to stand for, what you want that relationship to be like. So that everything that you do across the marketing organization and indeed across the whole company can make that promise ever more true. It's like you do your brand strategy, you define this specific promise that you alone bring that's so resonant for your customer. And then all of your vehicles become, they sing in concert with one another. So it's not either or, you do both. And when you do it sooner, you get the benefits of that lower cost of customer acquisition sooner. You also set yourself up, you set up your business for a higher customer lifetime value because you're attracting the customers who are going to get the most value from you, who have the propensity to deepen their relationship with your business, tell their friends about you who are probably also your sweet spot audience. So you prioritize it as the most important thing. And you also do all of the messaging that you would be doing all of the, whether it's earned, whether it's top of funnel, bottom of funnel, you're still doing that. But when you're doing it according to a singular idea, all of those things are going to get you closer to your goal.
1: Yeah, I always think you have to do both. And I agree with you. I always believe that brand is the foundation of successful marketing and that understanding who you are as an organization and overlaying that on top of who are your prospective customers and what are their needs does nothing but help you determine what the right marketing channels are and by understanding who your customers are, be able to operate efficiently. So you can get lucky sometimes. And I feel like that's often what founders and early stage startups, even the ones that are having success, is they found some sense of product market fit But to scale, you need to understand who you are and who you're going after to really hit that inflection point. And that's really when developing a brand. So yes, can you launch a company? Can you launch a product? Can you market it? Can you advertise it? I guess I should say effectively. Yeah, maybe. But at some point, you're going to have to double back and do your research to hit that tipping point. And that's really where doing your brand research and understanding and building that behavior from day one really matters.
2: Absolutely. I couldn't agree
1: more. Okay. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech podcast. Thanks to Lindsay Peterson, brand strategist at Ironclad Brand Strategy for joining us. In part two of our interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Lindsay is going to talk to us about her scientific approach towards brand positioning. And if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Lindsay, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Lindsay C. Peter S, not Peter Sin. There's no N. -N L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-C-P-E-D-E-R-S-E, no N. Or you could visit her website, which is ironcladbrandstrategy.com. Just one link in our show notes that I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to our website. It's MarTechPod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, where we have summaries of all of our episodes, the contact information for our guests. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter. It's a once a week blast that describes all of the content that we publish. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handles are martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you want to reach out to me directly, you can reach out to Ben J. -J Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Lindsay Peterson, head of Ironclad Brand Strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to focus on keeping your customers happy.